Hey guys, welcome back to the Father's House Podcast. In this episode, we heard a message from Pastor Mike just giving us insight into uh, being poor in spirit and what that means and and just trusting in God even in the hard times, but also relying on, on Him in the good times as well. Uh, it was a really good message. I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. I didn't know if I was going to be here this Sunday. I didn't really know uh, what was going to happen. And, but I knew uh, that God is just going to be faithful regardless of who's here. And I've learned that regardless of who uh, is in this pulpit, now granted, it's people that I've placed in this pulpit, God speaks and God gets a hold of people, right? I don't want to build something around Mike, right? Uh, it's, a lot of things are built around one person and one personality, and to me, that's not good. It's not healthy. And it can easily just bring a lot of the glory to yourself. So anyways, um, whoa, I feel pretty loud, but that's okay. I'm probably going to get louder. Um, let's pray. That's good, right? Put your hand on your heart. <laughs> and just on your whole body. And we just, just say, be well in Jesus' name. <laughs> Father, I thank you this morning for your goodness. And God, I thank you that that scripture... Uh, it says, your goodness and mercy will follow us. And that word really can be translated that surely your goodness and mercy is actually like chasing us down. So God, I thank you that your goodness and mercy is not just following us, but it's literally coming up behind us. It's chasing us down. So Lord, I thank you. I'm reminded this morning that no matter what we're going through, your goodness and your mercy are following me everywhere that I go. And in every circumstance that I step in and in every trial that I walk into, your goodness and mercy are following me into those places. So, Father, I just bless this house. I bless these people who give them ears to hear, eyes to see. And, God, I pray this morning that you would just use me, that I would be obedient to what you've given me to say this morning. And, God, I just pray and just declare that this is a morning to break off just religious nonsense off of people. Just any type of traditional things for the sake of tradition, God. And I just say, have your way this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the, uh, I think it was T.D. Jakes or somebody who said this, he said, you know, if uh, 90% of what we call church today, that if Jesus came back today, we would have to teach him about. <laughs> Some of you didn't get that part. 90% of what we call church today, if Jesus stepped in our room, we'd have to teach him about it and say, oh, Jesus, this is what we're doing. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. What am I trying to say? What's the point of me saying that? I'm saying that Jesus is a lot different than you probably think he is. Actually, that's why the name of our church is the Father's House, because he's actually a father. He's a loving father. He's not just a judge. Yes, he's a judge, but most of us just grew up thinking he was only a judge, and he was only a disciplinary. But Jesus said, when we pray, we pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. So actually, he's a father, and not only is he a father, he's a really, really good dad. He's like a crazy good father. Oh, man. <laughs> Feels so good to know how good he is. And so I was going to actually have Pastor Faith preach because <laughs> I didn't plan on being here. And then she texted me yesterday and was like, oh, now we're all sick. Or actually, she's not, praise God, her and the baby. And Steve and them are sick as well. And our worship leaders in the hospital, they just had a baby, and I think he's sick as well. And so it's got a lot of craziness going on, but uh, this might sound cheesy, but God's not sick, and he's here, and he's still the healer, 
and he's still good, and, and, and he's still giving out things this morning. He's giving out healing. He's giving out salvation. He's giving out revelation. He's giving out breakthrough. He's giving out restoration. He's still being himself. Amen? Isn't that good? So yesterday, I was like, God, I've been feeling like death all week. I've been up and down from my chair just sitting there. I don't know about you guys, but if you've been here for quite a while, you've known that I have a chair. Any other men, and if, if you're still a young guy, don't worry. Carter can tell you. He doesn't get to stay in my chair very long. I'm like, Carter, get out of my chair. But I've been in my chair just sitting there for days. I had a fever for five days, literally. It sucked, Okay. But here's the crazy part. I found myself, man, I found myself, um, and, and here's a scripture for those of you who are like, man, does he even talk about the Bible? Here you go. Matthew 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I got to this place this week of my goodness, feeling like death. You know what I mean? And then I, I don't know about you guys, but I have learned pretty well that when I'm in a bad place, I know where to go to. And, and for some people, that's difficult. You know, you get in a bad place, you get in a rough place, and it, the distance, but, and you don't want to run to God. Lots of times you don't want to run to God because you think he's not safe. Or you think he's going to talk down to you. You think he's going to belittle you. In your sickness, he's going to say, hey, have faith. Pull yourself together. Just believe, bro. To believe. Hmm. Maybe he's just going to love on you and remind you about his goodness. And so I'm sitting there in my chair, and on, I think, Wednesday morning, I'm like super dog sick, super tired. I'm like feeling my whole body hurts. It was a bad idea. I went to the gym on Monday night, and then on Tuesday, got sick. So my legs were super sore. And then my whole body got crazy. I was like, this is a disaster. <laughs> Why do you hate me, God? <laughs> yeah, right? And, and I got in this place, and I can tell you this much, though. So I'm, I'm in this moment of desperation. I'm in this place of brokenness. And I put on, I, I'm like, okay, I know what really brings me life. And it's Jesus. And I turn on worship, I turn on Upper Room Dallas, I turn on their Sunday night service, and their first song is this song, and it's like, and I thank you for all that you've done, and all that is to come, I'm not the greatest singer, and I'm so thankful that you're so faithful, yes, come on, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like in my blanket, and I'm like hurting, and I'm just sitting there being like, God, I'm so thankful for all you've done. And I'm thinking about some of you. And I'm thinking about the change I've seen and the growth I've seen in our church. And I'm thinking, about, I'm not talking about numerically. We're missing like 60, 70 people right now, but I'm not talking about numerical growth. I'm talking about the growth I've seen in people's character, in their faith, in their families. And I'm sitting there Wednesday, and the devil's trying to get me down, and I got everybody praying for me. When I get sick, I mean, I call the intercessors. I'm t the Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous one is powerful and effective, and if you ain't getting a text, you must not be living righteously. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
That was kind of a joke. But I'm, I'm like, listen, I know, the pe- I know some people who touch heaven with their prayers. And they're telling me, come on, man, healing, wholeness. And I'm like, yes and amen. Right? I'm claiming it. I'm going to claim it. We're p- charismatics, right? We claim it. And I'm still sick. <laughs> so what do I do? Fall apart, get depressed, question God. Nope. No, 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 no. See, your, te- your faith is tested when everything's going wrong. Your faith can grow usually one of two ways. Your faith grows when you see a miracle, when you see something supernatural happen, when you see breakthrough, you're like, wow, you see this person get radically changed, you're like, whoa, your faith grows. But I'm gonna tell you right now, there is no better place for your faith to grow than in the middle of desperation. But the devil will use desperation to not let your faith grow, but to do the opposite. How many of you know you got, you got two things you can do when you're in desperation? You can lose faith or you can build it. If God's not forcing you to build it. You can sit there and wallow in your junk if you want to. And guess what that brings? Nothing. More junk. It actually doesn't. People t- you ever heard people say, hey, man, I can't complain. And then we always joke and say, what back to him? Wouldn't do you any good anyways, would it? What did Jesus say? Who of you by worrying can even add one hour to your life? Sometimes Jesus says some very straightforward things. He'll say things like, let tomorrow worry about itself and its own problems. Basically, tomorrow's gonna have different problems in the day. Oh, thanks, God. He's basically saying, you cannot change anything by worrying. (laughs) So why even bother to worry? Because it doesn't change anything. Actually, all it does is take the opportunity away for you to actually build faith. And now you've only built worry. Now you've sowed into the flesh and you're wondering why that season of desperation has just killed you instead of empowered you. And I'm sitting there in my recliner and I'm like, Man, I'm so thankful. And I had a thought. I'm just, I'll tell you, I had a thought of a mom and her son at our freedom conference just dancing before the Lord together. And I just, I just wept. I was sitting there. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but when I take a lot of ibuprofen when I'm real sick, I'll start sweating. Is that anybody else? I don't know. I'm like, what the heck is happening? I go from freezing cold. Now I'm super hot. I'm sweating. And I'm like, this is terrible. I'm trying to sleep. And I'm in my blanket. I'm just sweating profusely. But I find this place of desperation that leads me to thankfulness. And I find peace. And not only do I find peace, I find, I find this, like, joy. <laughs> and I'm like, man, turns out that God is actually still good in my hard stuff. And the devil wants to come in and not just, we talk about identity a lot here. And he doesn't just want to accuse you to you. He also wants to accuse God to you. He doesn't just want you to question who you are in Christ and you're not good enough and you're nasty and you're dirty and you're lonely and you're this and that. He also wants you to get in that place. And when you're sick and everybody's praying for you, he wants you to start questioning God. You're not really a healer. 
Howler, you're not, he's not really good. He's not really good, Mike, he would heal you. He's not really a healer, why hasn't he healed you yet? Whoo, you know, I've learned something. Let me tell you, I hate the devil. I think it should be a very good place to be where the church would get to a place where they start to hate the enemy and start to get to a place where you refuse. Somebody say refuse. You refuse to listen to the voice of the accuser. You refuse to hear his voice. When those doubts come in, this is why you've got to know the difference between the Bible says what the accuser says. If you don't know what the Bible says, you have nothing to replace the voice of the accuser. You've got to know the word of God, not because we're religious and not because it's an old school thing, not because it's just a book and it's part of the whole Christian thing. No, you've got to know the word of God because it is a sword and it's meant to be, it's meant to be whatever it is, flung around and used. And I'm in this moment and I'm like, man, God, and I'm thinking about, and so instead of letting my sickness kick me down and instead of letting y'all's, whatever you're getting into, how many of you, you might be in a, you might be in a rough place right now and it might not be with sickness, it might be with your family, it might be with your marriage, it might be whatever it may be, it might be just with your own emotional health, you're depressed, whatever it is, Jesus would go on to say, blessed are the poor in spirit. And that word poor, there was two words in the Greek for poor. One was, I don't know how to say this, I'm not a scholar, some of you probably didn't think I was. It's a P-E-N-E-S. Kind of looks like pennies, makes sense. But it goes on to say that there's a word for basically being like the lower income of the society. But the word that he used was a different word that literally means like a beggar. Someone who not just is like at the lower end and getting welfare, it's someone who is literally on the side of the street, who has no legs, who cannot eat today unless someone gives them money. And he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what does this mean to be poor in spirit? Did you notice this is actually the first thing that he says in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does this actually mean? What was Jesus trying to say? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? And I'm here to tell you, it simply means, you could replace that word with humble, But really, I think he wants you to have a bigger picture of it. He wants you to see a beggar on the side of the road with no legs who cannot eat without someone helping him. He wants us to understand and to be in a spiritual state where we understand that we cannot do anything without God. He's looking for people who say, "I, I have no other options. I have no other options. You know, one thing that really gets to me I, I teach at the Friends of Sinners. I go into the jail and I hear people talk about this language of like, man, I tried Jesus. I tried Jesus out. I, I tried Jesus, man. I tried church and it didn't work. The point of a beggar is that you literally have no other options. The, it, the literal foundation of being with Jesus or giving your life to him is that you are making a decision that you will never give up on this decision. There's no such thing as trying Jesus. He said, unless you're willing to give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. There's no such thing as trying. That's why we see people going back and forth because they're trying him out. There's no such thing as trying him out. It's full surrender. 
It's full surrender. It's complete poverty of spirit that I, I have nothing and I am nothing without you. I completely in this state of needing you at all times. And why does it happen of us, right, as humans? What do we do? The Lord spoke to me last night and he said, remind people of the times when they were desperate for me. He said, remind them. When you, they were, some of you, you've had times in your life when you were just on fire for God. You were desperate for him. You were crying out to him. You were reading. And some of you, when you first came to this church, you're like, man, I love this church and I'm, I'm reading the books and I love being here. And then we get to a place called comfortable. And then we start to not be so poor in spirit and we become the opposite of what? I got it. And then it takes us times to do what? Get back to these hard places. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if God's not allowing these things to happen <laughs> so we can get something, right? You know what's crazy? Don't hear what I'm not saying, but I'm just gonna say it. Pastor Chris was here and he said that when God disciplines us, it shows that we belong to him. So it's not just, but Maddie just reminded us that everything he does is in love. So those are both, they go together, right? I remember, I was thinking two and a half weeks ago, y'all ready for this? Two and a half weeks ago, I thought, man, I need to stay home with my kids and not leave their side for a few days. Ugh. And then, you know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, I, what I mean is, like, I don't need to just go home for a few days and take off work, because then I go, I'll leave the house, I'll go to the gym, I'll still do things, and I'll still leave them. I felt the Lord say, like, I need to, I need to go home, I need to be with my kids, and I don't need to leave their side at all for a few days. They need to, I need to be there the whole time. And here I am getting sick. And I didn't leave the house from Tuesday to Saturday. <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, oh, dang, Lord. Huh. I tell you what I got to do. I got to watch three Christmas movies with my kids. Hmm. Remember, your desperate places can lead you to despair, or they can lead you to faith, and they can lead you to growth. And there's a special, I'm telling you, there is no, there is no kind of growth that you can get when you're believing that God is still good and you don't see him changing things. Yeah. It's easy to believe that he's the miracle worker when he's splitting the sea. That's easy faith, guys. <laughs> if somebody got up here and they're in a wheelchair and we all knew them and they jumped up and took off running, it wouldn't take much faith to believe that. You'd be like, wow, that's incredible. But then all of a sudden you get sick and you got problems and you got stuff that keeps getting worse and we're all praying and it keeps getting worse. Now what? Is he still good? Is he still the healer? Come on. But it, we, we wrestle. We wrestle in those moments. Man, God, but I'm going to tell you right now, I love to smack the devil in the face when I'm still sick and I say, God, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the love of your son, that you're faithful, that you are who you say you are. I thank you, Lord, that what you've done for another, you can do it for me. Man, I'm telling you, I believe there's nothing that disrupts the enemy's kingdom than to see believers standing in faith 
in the midst of heartache and difficulties. He loves it. What did he say? If you take everything away from Job, he'll curse you. The devil loves to see God's people start to go through some hard things and start to forget who God is. He loves it. And let's just be all honest in here. And we were so easy to get there. We like to think we're not the Israelites in the story. They get the first time, the first time things get hard after they get through, they get out of Egypt. They see the miracles, they see the plagues, they see all this stuff happen right in front of their eyes. And then what do they do? It starts to get hard. Oh gosh, take us back. Oh, was there not enough graves in Egypt? You know why they wanted to go back into bondage? Because let me tell you something, despair and bondage is easy. It'll kill you, but it's easy. Having to stand in faith and believe in the midst of hard things, it's gonna take some strength. It's gonna take, it's gonna take some courage. It's gonna take some bravery. But I'm telling you right now, I go to some of the deepest places of worship in, in the Holy Spirit when things are not going well. And I sit, oh man, and I sit. <laughs> Carter said to me one day, he said, man, dad, people would see you sometimes, they would think you're crazy. So that's fine. He said, because you just laugh and cry and just to yourself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'll, I'll just get a, a God will speak to me and, and, and I love that in this moment I'm sitting here on my chair on, Tuesday, on Wednesday morning and I'm thinking about the freedom that God's done I'm thinking about the growth in people in our church and I'm literally singing this song here it is coming up to Thanksgiving and I'm, I'm literally understanding what it means in second, or second Thessalonians chapter 5 it says be thankful in all circumstances you know what it doesn't say for it doesn't say be thankful for all sir god i thank you for that car wreck today who what's wrong with you no be thankful in all circumstances right so here that means that it's an option actually i would say it's a command he didn't say if you feel like it be thankful in all circumstances. Did you know the Bible actually tells us exactly what to do to get out of all of our head space and our nonsense and depression and anxiety? And we've come up to this place where we're like, oh, that doesn't really how that works that way. No, that is how it works. We can think on things that are above. Think on things that are lovely, that are pure, that are of good report. Think on these things, the Bible says. I love what Bill Johnson says. It says to meditate on God's word. Well, I don't know how to meditate. It's like, yeah, you do. You meditate on problems all the time. They control your thinking all the time. We, know how to, we all know how to meditate on things, don't we? You know what I mean? We all know how to meditate. Come on, somebody. All the wives. We know if you're married in here, your wife knows how to meditate on things, doesn't she? Some of you guys are like, I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> nope, I know how this went last time. But we know how to meditate on things. And we meditate on the hard things. And God has literally given us a way out. And I felt the Lord just wanted to say to you, remember the times when you were desperate? How, God has brought, I'm telling you, God has brought people in this room through some things. And, he's, and, and check this out. 
you've also gone through some really, really hard things and you didn't see God's really hand do what you wanted him to do. Come on, but you're still here. Man, there's nothing more powerful and a blow to the, the kingdom of darkness than to see God's people still standing. And to see God's people saying, no, 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 you don't understand. We're of a different kingdom. We're sojourners. We're passing by. And we're not human beings with a temporary spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings with a temporary human experience. Right? I don't know who said that, but it was really good. And so we're, we get, I love to remind him. I love to remind the enemy, oh, oh, I'm sick right now and I'm going through this, but you know what? I'm gonna use this time to build my faith. I'm gonna worship God. I know what, I'm gonna put on a song of thankfulness right now in the midst of this nonsense. And I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I would highly encourage our church, everyone in this room, that when you're going through some rough things and you continue to, to put on praise, the Bible says that you would, instead of a spirit of despair, that you'd be given a garment of praise. You have to put it on like a shirt. Somebody, everybody got dressed this morning, glory to God. You put on, you, you had, let's put it this way, you had a choice to put on that shirt, and you have a choice to put on praise. You have a choice, church. And what, is, what do we do? We get stuck in this place, and we have this our own free will. God's not going to force us to praise him. And he says, hey, you still have a choice. And we're like, no, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Let me tell you this. You don't need any feelings to give him praise. You don't. And you can't give him praise based on feelings. You give him praise based on faith and nothing else. I praise him because he is him. That's it. Well, uh, my little uh, Elena, it's so beautiful. But she'll be crying. She was in my arms crying last night. She was in, like, or two days ago. And but she loves it when you sing the song to her. Jesus loves me, this I know. She loves that song. I think that's actually a hymn, isn't it, Daniel? Yeah, I knew you would know. And, and I didn't know it was an actual song. I just thought it was a song my parents made up for me, you know? And it, Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? It's pretty simple. <laughs> why, do we, why do we know? Because the Bible tells us. What's the Bible? It's God's word. It's not anyone's opinion. But when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8, for God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. Why do, I, why do I worship him? Why can I turn on my praise? Why can I put it on? Because I know. I don't need anything else. Well, you're sick. I still know that he loves me. Well, your car broke down. I still know that he died for me. Oh, well, your marriage is falling apart. I still know that he's good. I still know. Well, we, we haven't seen our son with Redding. Redding still has issues. Redding still has all kinds of issues still. But guess what? He's getting better, and God's still good. And guess what we could do, though? Man, this is really hard. And it is. And it days, it gets hard. And it days, it takes us a little longer to get to praise, but I'm trying to shorten that gap. Some, I'm telling you. This is, we know what maturity looks like. This is a whole message, but maturity looks like you shortening the gap of how long you stay in unbelief. 
Maturity looks like you shortening the gap of how long you're staying believing lies. You're shortening the gap of how long you stay in a bad mood towards your spouse. You're shortening the gap of how long you're staying in disobedience. This is what God wants us. Not that we're going to struggle. It's just that we're not getting in these desperate places and just letting it kill us. Oh, I need prayer. Well, you know what you need prayer for? You need prayer to believe. If I could just zap you guys and fix all your problems, I promise I already would. I'd line you up. Boom, 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 boom. The majority of our problems, if you will, are just in our, our belief system. And it's because the enemy's there saying, you know what, Mike, God's not good. He's not a healer. I'm telling you, I had a fever for five days. One of my favorite testimonies is watching um, how that song, I'm pretty sure that song, I Raise a Hallelujah. Have y'all heard of that song? In the presence of my enemies. Louder. Okay, let's break that down for a moment. Do you know how that song was written? That song was written because there was a boy who was sick, who was dying. And they were sending out prayer to people, hey, will you pray, will you pray? And that song came out of the Hesslers. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of man. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember me and Matty were praying. You know what blows my mind? At Bethel Church, they had, they had some worship, one of their worship team leaders. So at that church as well, that, by the way, that little boy who was dying, he didn't die. He got miraculously saved and touched. Hallelujah. Right? Isn't that amazing? Why? Because God's still the healer. But then two years, three years later, another one of their worship leaders, their child gets some type of disease and their child dies. You know what blew my mind? I was in my car and I was watching on Instagram. I forgot their, who was that? I don't remember, but... I might have been there, but anyways. Yes, and they were, her name was Olive. And what they were doing was, this little girl actually already died. And her mom, okay, was at church on the platform leading worship and prayer for God to raise her from the dead. And she is just, I mean, you, you guys thought Latricia had passion. I mean, she was just, Jesus, you're the healer. And I'm in my car, and I'm just crying, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I would love to think that I would be her, but I probably would not. <laughs> I'd probably be in my house saying, boom. How could you, God? Come on. Not my dog, not my son. But remember, we have a choice to put on praise. And that to see this mom putting on praise and oh my Lord, she doesn't understand what that did for me. I mean, it, I broke down in my car in front of my house. I was just so touched in my heart for that mom, that parent. We have a choice to let our desperate moments 
destroy us or define us. And it's up to you to pick which one you want them to do. Well, I've been through a lot and it's been really hard for me. And you're right. And we're sorry and we love you. But God is wanting to come in and redeem all of that. Where your story doesn't have to just stop with, I've been through a lot. It's been really hard. It's been really tough. I'm really depressed. And then your story just stops. We want your story to say, I've been through a lot, I've been hurt, I've been abused, and then I found freedom, I found Jesus, and I'm walking in wholeness, and I'm walking in fullness, and I'm walking in love. Right? Because people of this world need what? Hope. They don't just need to hear that you're just as desperate and broken and depressed as they are. (laughs) How encouraging is that if you called me you're depressed, needing some hope, and I'm just like, yeah, me too, dude. <laughs> this place, this world sucks. And, you know, 2024 is coming up, dude. It's just going to get worse. Who knows, man? What do we talk about? What are we going to do? I don't know. Let me say this. Everybody wants to see revival. It's probably going to take a desperate place. But let me say this. It doesn't have to. <laughs> it doesn't have to. We don't have to wait for desperate measures to become a church that's on fire for Jesus. You know what I mean? Like why wait till something goes wrong for you to get excited about God and start to believe and start to contend? And and, and then what do we do? We get on fire for God and then we get comfortable. And then a lot of you, your marriage was struggling and then you're like, okay, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll do anything to make this work. And then your marriage starts going well. Then you get comfortable again. You can start going backwards again. Why, why, why can't we just remember we got to stay poor in spirit. We got to stay like, God, I'm a beggar. I, I need, I need you just as much now as I needed you then. And we get it twisted thinking we don't need God as much as we did when it was all falling apart. Right? Somebody say amen. amen. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen and for sure. I'm just kidding. But that's the reality. We, 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 we get stuck and we go back and forth. And what I'm trying to say is this morning, we don't have to go back and forth the crisis, the crisis to actually get desperate for God. We can stay poor in spirit, we can stay empty of ourselves, and we can stay on fire for Jesus all the time. Amen. You wanna see a revival happen? It starts with each and every one in this room being poor in spirit, empty of yourself, not waiting for something bad to happen for us to have a prayer meeting. We're expecting for God to do something so our hearts are on fire for prayer. People say, well, you're on fire for God. I was on fire years ago. Man, what happened then? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to be way more on fire for Jesus. I, I love to see, Latricia said, I'm 62 years old. And I'm, what she was really saying was, and I'm more in love with Jesus now probably than I ever have been. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I've gotten older and more mature. And I've stopped dancing for the Lord. <laughs> mature? Oh, I talk about this all the time. If your maturity looks like you just having no emotion towards God, I wouldn't say that's maturity. Praise the Lord. I told you I wasn't going to talk long. I lied to you guys. God will forgive me. Mm. 
That's right. <laughs> Can you think of a time in your life when you were desperate for Jesus? It might have been youth camp. I mean, think about some of those times where God really touched you. Maybe it's been here. It's been at this service. It's been in these pews. And for a lot of you, I know it's been the last year or so. God's touched a lot of people in this place. And he starts to do what? He starts to draw you. And I've seen people in the last year and a half or so, people who come to our church, excited about the church, excited, man, I love this place, God, refreshing. And then they just start to, they, they go to small groups and they want to serve. And then all of a sudden they realize that we're not perfect. We're not a perfect church. And then you get involved and you get into small groups and then you start serving and then somebody offends you. And then you start to, Ooh. Ooh. And then you start listening to another voice. You don't really need to be at that church no more. Those people there are this and that. And then you forget what God is what God drew you to, what God has you at. You start to do, I start to get comfortable. Oh, I don't really need small groups. Oh, I don't really need to get involved. I don't really need to get, go to anything. And you start to leave this place of being poor in spirit and you start to think that you have it all. I'm telling you, we don't have it all. None of us do. We need one another. Let me say this again. And we need one another. And if you aren't close to anyone in your life to be accountable to, you are missing out on so much of what God has for you. You are, if you could hear me, please, you are missing out on so much. You know why? Because God has so much for you that he's given to other people that he wants to, you to receive something from them. And it could just be their friendship. It could be their encouraging words. But if you isolate and move backwards and we're gonna do small groups again. We'll have small groups. Our goal is to have some type of small group going at all times. Get involved. If you didn't do freedom, get involved. Get back to this place where like, man, I'm ready. Some people come, they're like, man, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, or they get saved and they're ready to go. We had a couple here recently. They ain't been to church for two or three times. They've already done the journey, already got the new believers book, got baptized. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's amazing. But I'm like, stay there. <laughs> And let's not wait till disaster happens. And then all of a sudden we, we get to excited about God. Amen? Who knows where our nation is going, but I know this much. The kingdom of God is advancing. And it's gonna continue advancing from now until forever more. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about any of that. At all. Y'all don't understand. What people are talking about all the time. This, we need to build a bunker or something. We need to buy guns. I got some guns. Don't run up on me. <laughs> I should tell you straight up, I'm not your average preacher, you know. <laughs> it's what it is. America, come on, somebody. You heard me. I stand by that. Still do. And you know what I do with my guns? I pray. Me and Maddie have prayed over our guns. God, I pray we never have to use these guns. Ever. But I sure the heck don't want to not have them if I do need to. Yeah, I'll plug that in. How many of you know that's not a political statement? It's just a freedom statement. Amen? 
I don't know about y'all, but I actually love my freedoms. I don't know why some people act like they don't, but we'll move on. We'll move on for I offend everybody in this room, or half of you at least, or third maybe. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but let's not wait for our nation to get in a more desperate place before the church decides to stand up and actually say, hey, we have the answer. What if we just start saying it now? <laughs> hey, we have the answer. We have the hope. We have what you're looking for. The reality is most of us are still struggling to figure out what we have. And this is why it's so important to find freedom and to step into what we believe and to actually become what we believe. Because the world needs hope. And I'm here to tell you, the Father's house carries that hope to the nation. We carry that hope for this city, and we got to rise up, be poor in spirit, realize that we are this beggar that is in need of God, not just when we're broken, but in every moment. I want Maddie and Daniel to come up here. We're going to end with the song this morning. We're just going to have a public declaration. I didn't go that long, see? I'm starting to lose my voice. One of my problems is, or my challenges is when my voice is going to go out and not good, I still just can't help but to sing my heart out during worship, and it's not good. It is good, but it's not. And like third song in, I'm like, oh, it's a bad idea. I've already lost my voice. It turns out it's always a good idea to give him praise anyways. I'm like, well, if I lose my voice giving him praise, I guess I'll be all right. It's better than yelling at my wife, right? Could you stand to your feet? Come up here, young lady. Madison. I just don't want you hidden back there. Hallelujah. Would the prayer team come? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let faith arise in this room. Let us, can you just close every eye in this room, even our prayer team? We love you, King Jesus. Lord, we declare that you are good, that you are the healer, that you are strong and mighty in battle. God, you are the Lord of hosts. You are the Lord of heaven's armies. God, we declare that we have the greatest hope on the earth living inside of us, Lord. We declare that we are truly an army raising up. We declare this morning that we're not waiting on desperate measures to cry out to you. God, we say that we need you today more than we've ever needed you before. Maddie, I've asked Maddie to sing that song, Lord, I Need You. Can we just sing this from our hearts and just just redirect our hearts back to God of just our desperation for Him? Maybe you're actually in a hard moment right now. Maybe you're in a rough season. Maybe you're not. But I'm here to tell you, you need God just the same. Amen? We're going to sing, Lord, I Need You. Pretty simple song. If we could all lift our voices. Thank you, Lord. You can lift your hands, too. That's a, that's a sign of saying, God, I surrender. Come on, all across this room. Come on, Maddie. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Mm. come on every voice we got the words on the screen come on nobody can sing this prayer for you every voice come on lift it up in this room you
Thank you, Jesus. Come on, every voice, every voice. Without you, Jesus, I will fall apart every time, Lord. Come on, every voice. Come on, Maddie. Yes, Lord. Come on, in the good and the bad, Jesus. you, Jesus. We need your peace, Lord. We need your power. We need your love, Jesus. Come on, let's just sing a song and then we'll be done. Come on. Come on. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, every voice in this place. Every voice. Let worship come out of this house this morning. season. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. We just put our hands on our heart and just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, forgive me for acting like I don't really need you. Help me to be poor in spirit for you. Help me to be desperate for you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so good. You're so worthy of praise and honor and adoration. I'm glad that you are who you say you are and you can be trusted. I'm glad that you are faithful through the ages. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Father, I just lift up anyone in this room right now 
that's saying, I need salvation. I'm in need of a savior. If there's anyone here right now that needs salvation, that needs to be born again, if you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to surrender your life to Jesus completely and fully, I'm not talking about trying Jesus out. I'm talking about you're saying, I'm all in, God. I'm making a covenant with you. I'm in forever. I'm all yours. If that's you this morning, would you just lift up a hand right where you are and say, I need to give you my life. I need to surrender my life to you. If there's anyone, I just want to take a moment to have an opportunity. I need to give you my life. I know there's uh, at least one gentleman. I see one, but there's, there's another. I need to give you my heart. I see another one in the back. I need to surrender my life. God, I need you. I need you. Anyone else? Oh, don't be afraid of what people will say about you. Hmm. You're going to find a family here at this church and in this house. You're not losing anything, I promise you that. You're gaining something so much better. Anybody else just want to take a moment? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For those who have had your hand raised, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I switch this up all the time, but if you had your hand raised here in a moment, even just now, I want you to just come down front and pray with one of our prayer team leaders. They'd like to pray that prayer to give your life to Jesus. Um, just before you go, come down. We'd love to pray with you just to receive Jesus and make sure you get a new believer's book. We want to connect with you. For anyone else who needs prayer, if you need healing in your body, we still believe that he's the healer, amen? And we'll stand in faith and agreement with you this morning. We love you guys so, so much. Friendsgiving is tonight at 5 p.m., I believe. Usually I have Pastor Daryl or somebody. Yep, okay. 5 p.m. in the gymnasium. Uh, you can go through entrance C, which is on the back side of the building. On the over, So if you go out these doors on that back side of the building, entrance C, um, you can go through that area. You can go through entrance B if you want to on the front side of the building. It doesn't really matter. But we'd love to have you just come and enjoy a, enjoy a meal with us. Bring your friends, bring your family. Uh, we'd love to just bless you guys. So how many of you believe the Lord is good? Amen. Amen. Can we just give him a, a hand clap of praise this morning? Come on. Come on. I know he's good. Do me a favor, love on somebody on your way out. I know we're real friendly in the way in, but let's be friendly on the way out. Amen. If you need prayer, if you made a decision for Christ, please come. We want to talk to you, want to pray with you. We love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week. Also, we have resources at our Welcome Center. If you're needing a New Believers book or a Purple book, or if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, go to our uh, Welcome Center out here to the right. We'd love to bless you guys. Have an awesome week. See you all tonight if you're coming. 